0: To Expounded Universe, Season 12, Episode 3, In and Out Borgles. The book, The Ruins of Dantooine, by Veronica Whitney Robinson and Hayden Blackman. The year, 2004. Chapters 4 and 5. With your hosts, Jeff and Thomas. I'm just kidding, it's always John. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome back to the belated announcement of Expounded Universe. Why is it an announcement? What's wrong with me? What? I'm, I don't know, man. <laughs> Ladies Hi, and Jeff. gentlemen,
1: that's... it's an Expounded Universe. Welcome to our <laughs> announcement.
0: Yeah, smoke your maroon and yellow cigars. I think that's the colors on this logo, right?
1: Yeah, sure. Why not? There's a
0: glowing blue or something because there's like a lightsaber microphone. In case you've been wondering what the fuck that logo is supposed to be. Sorry, yeah. I'm not really very good at graphic design. There's a reason I got fired from that. Let's
1: set the forest on fire. It's a Star Wars.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're doing those new podcast announcement parties. Extremely bad for California.
1: Oh, yeah. In fact, yeah. that's what it's called. <laughs> Extremely bad for California, the podcast.
0: <laughs> Every week we go out in the woods and we blow something up to let people know that a baby has a genital.
1: <laughs> One genital, please. <laughs>
0: please pull the second window
1: <laughs> this is a genital wendy's
0: <laughs> sir this is a gentle wendy's <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> this, is not, this is this never even started on the rails
1: <laughs> nope we're just a little punchy it's fine
0: <laughs> both of us are really craving a quality donut i think we talked about that before the show started oh god i want it
1: so bad
0: Yeah, I want a quality donut. I live across the street from a goddamn Krispy Kreme, and that shit, and I know, and I apologize to those of you who are like Krispy Kreme heads and can't go to one because they're rare or whatever the fuck, but their donuts are the McDonald's of donuts, and fuck them forever, and I want a good donut (laughs) from a place called Donut, and I want it right now.
1: Yeah, I want to go to a donut place that's called, like, Yum Donuts or Jolly Donut or whatever, and just Mm -hmm. give me a nice twisty glaze and i will be a happy boy
0: yeah that's all that's all we're asking is that so much to ask i mean it's yeah. not
1: so much to ask but
0: actually it's surprisingly little and really the only thing holding us back is good civic responsibility and the fact that we're recording right now
1: yeah and and laziness mostly laziness for my part
0: that's fair yeah and i i I can't go into restaurants i have a two-year-old attached to me at all times during business hours
1: Mm,
0: And I'm not not taking her into a walk-in donut place. I just am medium responsible as a person. Mm, Yes. That's why I got fired from that graphic design job. (laughs) So on this show, we review all our review. We kind of just sort of talk our way through old expanded universe Star Wars novels. Uh, In this case, we're going making our way through the one based on the MMO, not the good MMO, the other MMO. Mm hmm. And uh, today, we're covering chapters four and five, in which our main character, Dusk Mistflyer, too flustered by having met a sexy man, must retreat to the nearby moon of Rory to uh, channel those feelings into some good old-fashioned bioengineer exploration of a mysterious species of bat monsters.
1: Yeah, and I get it, you know. Even without the, uh, needing to run away from the very sexy gentleman that has caught her eye, like, she just found out that there was some species she's never heard of before that no one has been able to find out anything really about because they're so dangerous, and I get that that's her thing, so, like, mm-hmm. even without it, I understand why she's doing it, but, oh, uh... Oh, sure, I get it. Man,
0: it's, it is, uh, it, it's a real It's a lot of place. resources. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of resources to spend on heading on up to a moon so you can see some bats.
1: Yeah. And of course... So, Rory, go ahead. The the thing I love is that the chapter starts out with one of those in-media-res beginnings where it then will stop and go, like, five hours earlier. And one of those things? Yeah. Because we start out and Dusk's just like, where are you? And she's worried and like, waist-deep in a marshy bog and can't find Tendow, and she's so afraid, and then we cut to when they first arrive on the planet. and Mm -hmm. Moon. Well, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Moons are like a planet.
0: Yeah, yeah, in Star Wars, they officially are, yes.
1: Yeah, like, you can go to Endor, and it's the planet of Endor, and you can also go to the forest moon of Endor, called Mm -hmm. Endor.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, there's precedent, and I'm just being pedantic. Please do carry on.
1: I just... The reason I love that beginning specifically is because, I mean, spoiler for later in the chapter, I guess. But once we get to this point uh, later in the chapter, when she's like, oh, no, I'm in a marshy bog and I'm alone. It is literally one sentence later. She goes, oh, there's 10 and just walks over to him like (laughs) they play this at the start as this huge cliffhanger of like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And it is nothing absolutely nothing
0: it's just like when we were reading the uh the zach and hool whatever those were called the the the
1: you couldn't even say tash
0: (laughs) i named who i named (laughs) uh but it's because i was thinking of the scene where, where zach tries to go into hool's office and he's a scary monster right now and that's the cliffhanger for one of the chapter breaks and then it, when the, the uh, chapter break or when the chapter starts up again, it's just the monster turns back into Hul and he's like, "Hey, man, what are you doing in my office?" <laughs> so, uh. but we have landed on the swampy moon of Naboo, known as Rory, and we are currently in the city of Normal.
1: Yes, well, Normal. We anyway, well, we we're only on. We- <laughs> I mean, we start there.
0: That's the first. Yeah
1: official colony we get normal and of course there's one other
0: colony on this planet it's abu dhabi mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and uh people will often send stuff from normal to abu dhabi yes there's the the garfield joke everyone was hoping for the dead garfield joke because i don't think normal's been in garfield since like 1991
1: oh i bet you normal has they don't throw away anything over at the they Garfield throw away- place.
0: <laughs> Garfield throws away everything. If there's one thing you can you can credit Garfield with, it's not getting attached to the side characters.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, come on. I mean, <sighs> granted, they're not like garbage ape Heathcliff level,
0: but still. I'm just saying, when was the last time Arlene was in a Garfield comic strip? When was the last time Lyman was in a Garfield strip? I bet you Liz hasn't even been in one in six years.
1: I tell you what. I don't know, mm-hmm. and neither do you, cuz who the fuck is reading Garfield?
0: <laughs> this guy, religiously. You know, I probably ought to tell you about my other podcast now, John. It's a religious podcast for Garfield. It's a religious it's a religious Garfield podcast. We call it uh Garf the Garfcast, a God network show. And uh all I do is read the Garfield podcast and try to find strong christian overtones in the messaging of the garfield now normally that's difficult because usually he's just like i like chicken i like liver
1: meow mix meow mix please (laughs) deliver
0: and i'm like are we are not all waiting for our own personal meow mix to deliver and i think his name is jesus
1: let me spin my hat around and turn this chair (laughs) let me talk to you about garfield
0: (laughs) god damn it (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh we are still on the, the first page
0: here's the thing this episode or this uh ch- pair of chapters is at least the first one alarmingly boring considering how interesting the source material should be they're on a barely explored swamp moon they're looking for poisonous ultra dangerous vampire monster bats uh and yet somehow it's just boring <laughs> they she's stumbling her way through the jungle. Uh, still choked up with pain and uncertainty because a, because a boy showed interest in her, and also because he was from the Rebel Alliance, and that's got her thinking and ch- and uh, questioning her own loyalty to the Empire. Mm-hmm. So eventually, after wandering through the woods and jungle and swamp for quite some time, uh, just going from biome to biome as quickly as she can, as I can remember which one she's actually in, mm. uh, they stop to start a fire and have a conversation. I I. I'm surprised that it's not a night stay. They, they're just walking along. She gets tired, so she stops and starts a fire so they can talk for 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, it's. I don't really know what the timeline is
1: for mm-hmm. this little adventure on Rory because we get a lot of text about them, like tromping through swamp, and, you know, they set up camp more than once, but it never really seems like they spend the night anywhere it's like every time they set up camp they'll just rest and then keep going i i honestly don't know if this was a day trip or if they spent like a couple of days out here
0: yeah i have i have no idea at all um i assume day trip because yeah like i said they start the fire they have a brief conversation about the rebel rebel alliance and then they put out the fire and keep walking yeah and uh what happens is that rather than than uh bringing Tendow her thoughts about the Rebel Alliance guy, uh, Finn. She instead starts by point blank asking him, Tendao, are you an Imperial bioengineer? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess with the idea that maybe she's hoping he is also challenging his entire self-identity at the moment. Uh, uh, I guess. I, like... I don't know. If it, basically it's that she saw him talking to that Bothan woman in the casino a chapter or two ago and I think in her own head, she's kind of spun up that Bothans are all rebel spies. And so obviously he was talking to a rebel spy. Which, I mean, yeah, probably. I guess. I mean, that's kind of racist on her part, but she is in the Empire.
1: <laughs> yeah, and this is Star Wars. So, you know, anything that would be racist is actually
0: 100% true about any given species. All Bothans are spies. All Rhodians are related. All Rodians are related to all Bothans. Yeah, it's all true. <laughs> They're all squares <laughs> and rectangles <laughs> simultaneously. Uh, everyone's favorite kind of peanut butter is the same on both a wooey. <laughs> by the way, that's the name of the planet that they're from. Uh, both the wooey. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, obviously he's a little taken aback by this question, but he... Answers very philosophically. Uh, his, he's like, yeah, I, I am at the moment. Absolutely. I, I obviously you seem to be having some questions about whether or not you're an Imperial bioengineer. And so eventually she spills the beans. I, I met a fellow. He was from the Rebel Alliance. I thought he was hitting on me, but it turned out he actually just wanted me to help him get somewhere using my Imperial credentials. Uh, And I'm worried that I'm feeling like I might turn traitor. Hmm. Hmm. Now, Tendow, and she also does question that she saw Tendow talking to some guy, uh, some woman in the bar uh, that was clearly not who she thought he was supposed to be talking to. He had said he was going to go off and talk to some famous Coruscant trader.
1: Yeah, but, you know, she sees him talking to some random person she's never seen before. That is a Bothan. And I mean, most of this chapter, like this conversation happens like 10 pages later from the beginning. And it's the most of the way when they're just sort of making their way downtown, walking fast, (laughs) faces Mm -hmm. fast in their homebound (laughs) is uh, Dusk spends a lot of time being like, ooh, I'm overanalyzing, you know, if Tendhal's like, ooh, we should take some samples over here. She's like, yes, samples, you say. And just Mm -hmm. being real suspicious. And the reason she's spilling the beans really is she's like. You're my good friend, and I cannot actually go about my daily life continually being suspicious of you because of my shit. So yeah,
0: I got to tell you actually... what happened
1: to me, and you need to tell me what happened to you.
0: Yes, although he is actually fairly evasive. She he doesn't answer the question of who that was when she point blank asks him, "Hey, who was that?" Both, in, he thinks for a second, and he goes, "Oh yeah, that was both in these nuts." <laughs>
1: ah, yes, got him. <laughs>
0: Yeah, said a passing borgle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) A nearby borgle doing its mating cry.
0: Got him! Got him! (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, in all seriousness, he doesn't really answer. Instead, he's like, oh yeah, I'm on my own journey. You have to be on your own journey. I feel like we may be heading in the same direction, but uh, I can't make any decisions for you, and you can't tell me what to do either. But the important thing is, know that you're safe to talk here. There's not going to be any judgment on my part.
1: Yeah. I mean, both of them are like, I'm struggling with what we're doing. You know, we already know uh, Dusk's backstory as far as why she would struggle with doing anything uh, as far as the Empire is concerned. But we mm-hmm. also get a little bit of Tendao who's like, yeah, when I first signed up, mostly I just, you know, wanted to see all of Mother Jungle and all her many incarnations. I wanted to go all around to the different planets and see all the different nature things, and it was almost a religious thing rather than just scientific curiosity. And at some point, he got recruited into Imperial service, and at that point, he's like, well, you know, now I'm here, so... eh." Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, uh... I'm sorry, I just remembered, I, I don't know why I'm thinking it's so funny, but I'm just remembering now that a lot of the start of this chapter was also her being surprised and and concerned that Tendow was going to bring a gun on their walk through a jungle.
1: Yeah, hey, we're going to go see some incredibly deadly, unknown species of bat. Uh, I will bring a gun. And she's like, a gun?
0: What? Oh, I was just going to bring an apple, a basket... Sorry, that was a reference to an old play. Um okay. An apple bag. So she get yeah, she gets really concerned about this uh this gun and, and she's like, "Oh, it's sleek and black and terrifying and I'm I'm immediately intimidated by its sleek blackness." <clears throat> and its black sleekness. A- Thank and and he's just like he's just like, "What? I I it's self-defense. We're we're going into a nasty swamp full of monsters. That's what this place is famous for." And she's still just like, "I don't know." Mm. Anyway, they notably do not know where they're going. They generally know that it's somewhere southwest of normal.
1: Yeah, they're just kind of fucking around in a jungle swamp. And it's it's weird that they're like, oh, yeah, we're, we're definitely high ranking, very good at our job, bioengineers. And we're just going to head off with like a knife and a dream into a jungle.
0: You're very good, very competent bioengineers with unlimited access to the resources needed to get up to the moon in the first place, and yet your clout does not warrant a couple of speeder bikes? Why are you walking?
1: Oh, yeah, especially because you have Tendow with you. His whole thing is he gets uncomfortable walking on, like, planets and moons and any natural habitat, and you couldn't spare even the cost of one bike so that he could ride.
0: Yeah, it's very unusual. Or any one of the various local Naboo type animals, they could have gotten that. What are they called? Pe- Pico, picos, or I don't know, whatever the big things that that uh, Gungans f- have walking around with them. Uh, but eventually, after a couple di- a couple whatevers of traipsing, we don't know time units here, uh, units of traipsing <laughs> through these woods, they find a cave entrance that uh, Dusk is fairly certain is a borgel bat burrow. It's a borgel bat <laughs> burrow, and I bought it for Belinda's birthday (laughs) thing you yeah you're welcome Uh, uh they head in
1: now of course before that we have to get to the swamp you're just cutting over like so many pages please do tell so uh yes after their little conversation uh and they're like all right you know i've gotta do my path and you've gotta do yours and who knows maybe you'll stay with them maybe you won't They end up getting into just an absolute nasty goo swamp part where it's like waist-high water. They can't really see anything. It's super brackish. Mm -hmm. And there might be something in the boggy water.
0: Oh, no. Perhaps a Dianoga or that thing that ate R2-D2 that one time. (laughs) who knows there's a variety of terrifying swamp creatures indeed
1: and at some point uh dusk sees some i guess rory type of uh glow bugs in the air and gets all like small child and eyes full of wonder Is like wow lightning bugs this is the coolest thing ever wow i love it oh I'm up to my ass in water, and it's just great. And eventually she's like, oh, wait a minute. Tendow hasn't commented on the fact that there are a ton of little light-up bugs, and oh no, he's nowhere to be seen.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: And there's even a little, like, break there, where mm-hmm. it would be like, "Oh, we're going to go to a new scene, but it's literally just, she turns around and goes, Tendow? Hey Tenda, where are you? Over here? Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. Yeah, <laughs> that every time in this these couple chapters where you keep thinking something cool is about to happen or something's gonna get explained, it just doesn't.
1: Yeah. God, I just I know I'm harping on that, uh, the starting break and then the break here between that trying to do a cliffhanger for this, and it just sucks ass so bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh
0: anyway now can we yes. get to the yeah tendal
1: uh, they, has seen the lair and that's why he fucked off in the bog
0: right and the layer is just sort of a hump with a hole in it where Same. you can go in <laughs> hey don't sell yourself short on your hole numbers <laughs> i mean you didn't say only a hole it does have a hole a okay, hole Okay, that's true <laughs> uh they go in and uh Pretty quickly, they start establishing that, yeah, this is probably some sort of borgle nest. Uh, There's a lot of picked clean bones and gross smells and unusual flappy sounds that they can hear off in the hollow distance of the drippy cave.
1: Yeah, and this is a big fucking cave. Like, the first section they go into is, like, vaulted ceiling, a bunch of stalactites. This is not just, like, a cramped little space that they're going through. This is a large cave.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh eventually, lo and behold, they they spot what's almost definitely a Borgle. Uh it's it's hovering over something, kind of flapping in place, and uh I think it's just following MMO flying monster rules where even though it's a huge bird of some or bat of some kind, it can just hover. Yeah, it's just it just slowly flaps its wings and doesn't move.
1: Yeah, it just flaps above it and Mm-hmm. Then fucks off, and they're like, "Oh, that's weird. What was it flapping above? Oh, it's the remains of a squall. Squall Leonhart is now dead.
0: <laughs> they try to rescue him, but all he says is dot dot dot.
1: And apparently, a squall is just a, a rabbit. It's just a rabbit. It has yeah, fur and it's long it's the best ears and gait.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it utilizes the principles of hopping instead of rolling." Yeah. Uh, so this one's a squall. They can actually see the flesh on it, but they decide to follow the Borgle deeper into the cave, hoping to find some kind of uh nest or something where they can observe more. And as they make their way in, sure enough, they, they see a few other uh, Borgles, but also they start coming across something very unusual, fully picked clean skeletons.
1: Yeah. They've got uh, just,
0: like, they
1: finally do find a group of Borgles. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, good, we actually found a bunch. uh We can assume that they're blood drinkers because of their sort of elongated faces and the way that the uh corpse that was left behind, there weren't any like blood splatters around the corpse. So it yeah. was most likely that they were just slurping up that sweet, dirty red.
0: Yeah, this is interesting because they've decided that borgles are a blood-drinking species, basically a vampire bat, uh, but utilizing a very different set of principles than the only vampire bats that we're aware of. Uh, it, where our vampire bats are vampires because they don't they can't kill anything, so they just sort of flit up next to cows, parasitize them for a couple of seconds, and then fly away with their tummies full of blood. These things suck you dead. Oh yeah,
1: gotta love that. You're mm-hmm. dead, but they keep sucking
0: when you're dead. Uh, but this is an interesting thing for a species to develop. Uh, why would they, If they kill you through blood sucking, why would they leave all that useful protein lying on the ground? Right? It was a yeah, very that's...
1: strange thing. And at least yeah. we do see some picked clean bones, so we know someone's eaten this.
0: Right. And I find it unusual that her first thought, her first uh, question to herself is not, not oh, wait, are these things killing people or killing animals via blood sucking? exsanguination and then eating them but rather oh this must be some sort of commensalist relationship there's probably another kind of animal in here that comes around and eats the meat off these bones hmm. and I- i'm just like no occam's razor says the bats do it <laughs>
1: i mean you've got we're an in entire their house. cave full of angry murder bats they're they're probably big enough to to actually eat this and would
0: they wouldn't just leave it lying around when they were done with the blood they would have killed the thing and then there's just free food lying around evolutionarily your idea doesn't make a whole lot of sense
1: but but whatever I mean, this that, is star that's, wars who gives a shit
0: yeah that, that's just us being big old nitpickers uh they follow the bats that are uh that are hovering over the picked clean skeletons into a big chamber full of yet more picked clean skeletons everywhere you look it's just little chambers on the sides that are full of picked clean bones
1: yeah now uh dusk's is like ooh, i gotta go down this weird little path because I heard something down here and Tendhal follows after her which freaks her out because <laughs> she's like, ah, ah an alien.
0: <laughs> ah, it's an Ithorian. I hate those. Ah, but I am in the Empire.
1: <laughs> when they're going through and finding this new fully picked clean skeleton area, they hear big flaps. Not like the little flaps of the other bats big flaps
0: big flaps by the way my nickname in high school Ah! uh and and sure enough when they go down there they they find their way to and i'm not sure why it was flapping exactly because the description of it when they finally see it is that it's more like lurking than flying around but standing or lying in wait right in front of dusk uh is what i have to assume is a raid boss bat that this is just like some prima strategy guide shit for people who were playing the mmo in 2004
1: Oh, yeah, this is the named bat that you have to Uh find.
0: I'm sure its name is like Bloodwing or something, and it probably drops a purple cape. But uh, here we see it, five meters long, uh, with a wingspan to match, a giant, heavy, ultra-powerful, automatically assumed by Dusk to be some sort of mutant bat. And also
1: immediately thinking that it is evil, like looks at it and goes, ooh, it's got hateful yellow eyes, and it's... It's an evil mutant and I'm just like you're a bioengineer. Stop that.
0: Yeah, she's apparently a very bad bioengineer. Yeah, because her immediately thought her immediate thought is the malevolence coming off this thing. It's definitely rich in vitamin evil.
1: Oh yeah, I used my malevolometer and ooh, off the charts, baby.
0: <laughs> Either we got some Hitler bones in here or it's that big bat. And I'm not prepared to rule out the possibility of a deposit of Hitler bones. Uh,
1: I also just love that she's like, ah, yes, this thing is larger and meaner looking than the other bats we have seen. Clearly a mutant. And I'm like, motherfucker, you know nothing about this species. You haven't even heard of it before yesterday. And you know enough to be like, yes, clearly this
0: is a mutant. And not just their sexual dimorphism in this species to a scale that's uncommonly uh, or that's uncommon or even relatively common here on Earth. The sexual dimorphism is a fairly common event where this could just be the female.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm just imagining Dusk seeing like some spider and going, ah, obviously that one is a mutant for it is so much larger than that other one. (laughs) It has malevolence because it ate its partner.
0: That's why she's so freaked out and needs to be on Rory, because yesterday she met a mutant human that was several inches taller than her. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Black hair. You must be a mutant. A dangerous, evil mutant. (laughs) (laughs) Let me get my malevolometer. (laughs) Oh, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Hold on. I just have a Hitler bone necklace. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay, Uh, she doesn't. This is where you'd think that we'd get an exciting action sequence. Instead, she gets double freaked out when Tendow, who was behind her, bumps into her a little bit. She squeezes his hand so much she almost breaks it. He sees the giant monster, too, and they fuck off.
1: Oh, yeah. He just sort of grabs her and is like, and we're off. And they Mm -hmm. run out. We get barely half a paragraph of, oh, man, it sure is hard running through this cave. Anyway, uh, we're safe.
0: Yeah, they don't engage the giant Bat, nothing happens with the giant Bat, and for the rest of the chapter, Borgles aren't even mentioned.
1: We don't even get secondary Bat action here, where you'd think they'd been, like, very quietly and carefully going through this cave full of these super aggressive monster bats, and as soon as they start going, woo, 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 and running away from the giant bat... All the rest of them are like, yeah, yeah, that'll happen. I'm not going to even look.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, those things don't look like they're full of delicious blood at all.
1: (laughs) That one just looks like jerky.
0: (laughs) And so they leave the cave. And like I said, I feel like this is just a couple paragraphs of like fictionalized Prima strategy guide for Star Wars Galaxies. Like, hey, if you go to the moon of Rory, don't forget to check out this hole by the swamp where there's a giant bat you can kill. Yes,
1: yeah, sweet loots.
0: <laughs> I didn't look it up, but I'm willing to bet that this thing is statted and there's probably, it probably has its full range of stats on an old wiki somewhere.
1: <laughs> oh, Tendal, there's no denying that creature was a mutant, an abomination of evil. What? Fucking what? <laughs> Just like five I'm- pages earlier, you were like, ah, yes, everything is part of Mother Jungle's many-natured way. Why even diseases are part of the cycle of nature, and we must learn to cope with them. And then you see one big bat, and you are like, "That's evil, man! That's pure evil and an abomination." That ain't supposed
0: to. That ain't supposed to be here. We need to bulldoze that whole thing and turn it into a bookstore.
1: <laughs> I got spooked, and fuck that.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're. Uh, I mean, I kind of get it because one of the things we do know about Star Wars conceptually is that it is riddled with actual places of evil where evil stuff tends to grow up
1: yeah yeah i know that there are you know a bunch of horrible evil sith monsters and nonsense all over the place mm-hmm. but still
0: but there's also just some spots that are evil like remember there's that cave in on the island where luke lived in the pre in the sequels And then there was the other cave that Luke had to go into on Dagobah. There's There's that
1: that cave of wonders where only a diamond in the rough can enter it.
0: (laughs) Aladdin. (sighs) I get it. I got it. I knew where it was. You didn't need to say that. Was that for the other listeners, I guess? That's for
1: the listeners. That's for our young listeners who may not have watched
0: Aladdin. Oh, that reminds me. I showed Sage the first part of Lilo and Stitch today because she has been wearing a lay like, for two days straight now. And now she just, now she's doing little two-year-old hula dances everywhere. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. It's adorable. Okay. So, uh, we're done with Borgles. That's the end of the Borgles story. Now we're walking back. And because I think the author realized, or the authors realized, oh shit, we didn't do anything adventure at all. Like at all, at all. They just have a saber-toothed tiger attack them for just, you know, whoops, sorry, here's a cat attack.
1: And, I mean, it starts with saying that dawn broke, so I'm still not sure how long they've been here, if it was just an overnight trip or not. But whatever, they are headed back to normal, and sure enough, dusk is like, "Ooh, I hear something," and Tendai like, "Nah, you're you're imagining things." Why? What could possibly attack us here on this safe boggy swamp of doom?
0: Rah. Yeah. Tiger. And that's when a Tusk cat comes out of the wilderness uh, and immediately goes lunging after Tendow, who fumbles for his sleek black sea death blaster, but will never draw it in time. So Dusk heroically leaps onto the back of the giant Tusk cat and attempts to uh, wrestle it away from from her friend.
1: Yeah, Now she has a little, uh, what is it? It's a dagger that is specifically no, that's something... Right. It's a Twi'lek dagger. Yeah, they mention dagger.
0: it. Yeah, she has a Twi'lek dagger from Ryloth.
1: Yeah. So she's like, ooh, I'm just going to jump on the back of this kitty cat and stab him with a dagger. And boy, that does not make that
0: cat happy. Nope. In fact, the cat gets a good, solid bite on one of her arms and really tears her up pretty good. Oh, yeah. I Probably I can... reducing two, or, two of her three health pools. Possibly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So (laughs) she'll need to listen to so many dancers after this.
1: Right. She's going to go need to see some kind of a doctor somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Some kind of a doctor in a med center. And then after that, go to a cantina and listen to some jizz. And that'll make her feel better.
1: Yeah. Jizz always makes me feel better.
0: It's true. You just got to get it right up in your ears. And next thing you know, you're feeling great. Yep. A natural cure-all. That's what jizz is.
1: (laughs) So she gets bucked off this... Tusk cat, and it goes charging at her, and Tendow manages to blasterize it, and it just falls on her.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we get a whole horrible. Again, we're we're trying for uh for cliffhangers in within the single chapter where she blacks out as the cat falls on top of her, and when she wakes up, she can't see anything, and she's like, "Oh God, what's happened? Where's Tendow? What's wrong with my Oh wait, there's a cat on me.
1: Yeah. Oh, Tendow. Uh, Help me with this cat, okay?
0: No, all done. I think the thing I find the most fascinating about this scene is that tendao just killed some sort of giant nature jungle cat thing, and he just immediately sets about tending to her wounds. And there is not a word spoken that an ithorian who is terrified of even walking on the surface of planets just killed a motherfucking animal, a big magnificent predator. There's just nothing. There's no guilt. There's no. There's no part where he takes a sample from it. Just nothing
1: oh yeah i mean he even says like oh sorry i wasn't faster you know in murdering that creature that i am definitely uh hold in reverence because of my religion
0: oh for god's sake so so yeah uh she he just helps trent tend her wound because again i understand why this happens we could spend a moment focusing on tendao and his ithorian core values and uh and the guilt he's experiencing and how he needs to take samples from it and grow two of them and release them on the, on the, on the moon. Just like the last Ithorian we read a book about, but this isn't a book about an Ithorian. This is a book about a girl. And so we have to tend to her needs. And so does he.
1: Yes. And Tendow helps her like, just, you know, wraps up her fucked up arm and puts some bandages on there. And they just head back to normal with no further complications.
0: Yep, that's the end of that. We just did the thing. We got attacked by a monster. You can't go out into the wilderness and come back without at least one mob trailing on you. Hmm. And they get back, and we don't even get a part where they go to the doctor's office. We just cut to when they're on the shuttle, going away from from uh, Rory and back to Naboo.
1: Yeah, and, you know, of course, this is just more time for uh, Dusk to be like, oh, wow, you know, I'm I'm lucky to know tend and and uh, i'm safe but oh that empire maybe by choosing not to take a chance i've been choosing not to live and i still have made a choice
0: <laughs> yeah uh okay well our next chapter is a lot faster
1: i mean this uh, is l- the next chapter
0: yeah yeah they they uh i'm sorry this next chapter is a lot faster than the first one there we they, go they 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 land on naboo uh, They get separated while they're wandering through the market area looking at stuff, and she's, I think, marveling over some interesting bird that she sees. Yeah, I mean, both
1: from last chapter and this one, we really get Dusk is kind of flighty on that. Like, if she just sees an interesting animal, she's like, ooh, look at that thing, and just fucks off.
0: Yeah, you know, she is uh, easily distracted, although in this case it keeps her alive, because... She tries to spot Tendow and eventually does. And oh, no, Tendow isn't just uh, separated from her. He's surrounded by stormtroopers and they're accosting him for some reason.
1: Yes, there's an entire crowd as well that's around them. So she can't even manage to get to Tendow to really find out what's going on and why all of these stormtroopers are uh, surrounding him and fucking with him.
0: Yeah, now she rushes desperately in an attempt to rescue and, and aid her friend but just before she can burst into the clearing surrounding uh tendow in the kerfuffle she is grabbed from behind by strong manly arms <laughs> uh, uh, we don't we it takes a while for her to bother looking behind her but it's obviously finn again i mean obviously yes and, and his wake Ha! yeah <laughs> huh.
1: i hate you okay. and ha huh. <laughs>
0: Okay, good. I'm glad. So Finn grabs her from behind and holds her off while uh more or less he's just like, You can't help him now, stay back, stay back. And sure enough, true to form, the stormtroopers ask him a couple questions, fling him against a pole, and one of them fucking shoots him.
1: Oh yeah. Cause she's trying to get to him and he's just like, No, they've got an arre- uh warrant for an arrest and execution of him and She's like, well, what the fuck? Why? What has he done? Why are they doing this? And he's like, oh, uh, some Rodians like, oh, he's a traitor or something. Sold some information. I don't know. Anyway, bye. I need to look at this dude getting shot.
0: Yeah. So now Dusk just straight up like loses her mind. Obviously, she just watched her friend die in the street in front of her. And so she is lunging, trying to get to these stormtroopers to try and do something to to, to, uh, change the situation. Uh but Finn is dragging her off into the crowd. Like there, you know, there's nothing you can do. If they're gonna if they kill him, they're gonna kill you too.
1: Oh yeah. I mean she starts going like, No, you're making a terrible mistake. Whoa! And the officer who's in charge of them just starts like going for his sidearm while he scans, trying to find who is yelling. And it is mm-hmm. very clear that he's like, Oh, I'm just gonna shoot whoever the fuck this is. And <laughs> Uh, that's when Finn's like, all right, here we go. Arm around the waist and away we go.
0: Right. So we just settle right back into the same practice we were doing in the casino chapter. Some dude grabs her and drags her around.
1: Yes, indeed. The classic move, whenever you want to deal with dusk mist fire, is to just sort of grab her somewhere and take her where you want.
0: Yep. And she'll just be like, ah, I don't want to go over here, but I will, but I won't like it. <laughs> And so he starts dragging her through the streets.
1: And Tendow, uh, I want to say, for his part, does at least take it like a champ. Like, yes. he just sort of, like, waves her off when he sees that she's getting all emotional about it, because he very clearly knows, like, oh, they they got me. Like, I was definitely selling secrets, okay, and just kind of, like, walks over to the pole where they want to shoot him at and he's like okay, just looks up at the sky hangs out and then gets shot like no resistance, just fully fine mm-hmm. with
0: it. Yeah, yeah, he's he's ready to go. I, I still have my, my pet belief, John, that Tendow is ultimately the bad guy of this book I'm sure it's not true. Oh, it's it-
1: definitely not true. That would be weird and requires some level of setup and interest in doing something with this guy instead of it being the classic Ah, yes. My minority friend told me I should live my life and then died. Now I will for them.
0: I mean, you're right. This is basically a Star Wars Nicholas Sparks novel. I get it. But (laughs) but but my dream is that he's actually secretly the bad guy. This whole execution is a fake. He knew how distractible she was and that a rebel was trying to locate her for trip for a trip to Dantooine. He's Lome Reg's agent and this was the most efficient way to set her off on the path to lead him to wherever the hell the holocron is, where he just kills them both and takes it.
1: Yeah, but no, not even remotely.
0: I know, but that would be interesting, and that's why I would like to imagine that's what's going to happen.
1: <laughs> How dare you try and imagine anything interesting? That's not what this show is.
0: <laughs> they think kill him right in front of her, so that's clear. that can't be faked. No way, that's what's happening. no.
1: His chest caves in.
0: Oh, chests don't get caved in when they get hit with blasters. You just fall down. You just fall down and someone goes, oopsie-doo, and then you have X's over your eyes. This is Star Wars. <laughs> if an arm comes off, it doesn't even bleed. Well, I mean,
1: not with a lightsaber. That cauterizes that shit immediately.
0: You had a good point there. That is how that works. What about if it's lava?
1: Well, that is also hot.
0: <laughs> Little lava is <bone>, indeed <laughs> hot. Okay, uh, so she isn't really paying attention to where she's even being dragged at the moment. Uh, At a certain point, he kind of pushes her up against an alley wall, and is like, look, you can't go back there. And she's like, no, justice has to be served. And he's like, no, we need to consider our next move. You can't just go meeting out justice. You're not going to go kill a bunch of stormtroopers. I mean, honestly, if
1: you tried to go back there and kill a bunch of stormtroopers, they will murder you, and nothing will have been solved.
0: Yes, And so he tries to drag her into the, I I think it's just a cantina. I'm not sure. I don't remember if it's the cantina, just some cantina, or the casino again.
1: Uh, There is some cantina that they basically go behind. Like, they go into the alley behind a cantina.
0: Yeah, because he tries to drag her in there, and she... Uh, primarily because she remembers being overwhelmed in the casino a couple of chapters ago. It's like, no, 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 not here, not here, no. I don't want to go back into a casino kind of thing. And well, also, responses-
1: she's just seen her best friend die. She's like, I cannot be in a space where there are a bunch of people drinking and laughing and having fun. That will fuck yeah. my shit directly up.
0: Yeah, granted, she doesn't want to go to Party Town. And she's voicing her uh, her con- her complaints, and he agrees for a different reason, he's like, "No, you're right. There's way too many eyes and ears in there. We better just go to an alley."
1: Yeah. All right. Let's go past this crafting station.
0: <laughs> Here's the spot where you get you get extra XP if you log out. God and damn it! Here- <laughs> <laughs> and here we go. Uh, the designated RP space for talking secretly.
1: Ah, yes, and of course, she found it easier to let him pull her around than to actually process what she had just seen. We know, Uh, honey. (laughs) We know.
0: (laughs) She's found it a lot easier to just let dudes pull her around a lot. (laughs) Uh... Uh, So he's like, hey, look, at this point, you might as well come with me because those stormtroopers, if they're looking for him, they are definitely looking for you because they just killed him for suspected sedition and you're his closest associate.
1: Oh, yeah. Even if they don't have a warrant for you right now, It is coming like Mm -hmm. you can't just go, oh, well, I guess I'll go back to work. Then the second you get on a ship and are like, I'm going back to my main lab, there will be stormtroopers there and you will either be put in jail or shot.
0: Yeah. And he's even he even reasons with her about this. He's like, "Uh, do you seriously think you can go back to your office? Do you have friends there that can help you? And she's like, oh, no, you're right. All I've ever made at work is enemies. I need to go on a life-changing journey of discovery and finding myself.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no one at that job is going to stick up for you, because, one, sticking your neck out for someone is a good way to get your head chopped off, and two, you don't like anyone there and they don't like you.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So... She still doesn't really want to go with him. She's like, "I have to go find out why that happened and I have to go get justice, vengeance must be served. I am the knight." <laughs> and he's like, "No, that's dumb. Just come with me."
1: No, that's that's real stupid. You got to you got to get the fuck out of here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh and so, after a bunch of uh, badgering and arguing, she more or less just capitulates.
1: But what about my things?
0: Oh, yeah. Can I first go back to our hotel room and get my stuff?
1: Yeah, no, no, you can't go back to the place where they know you have things. That is the dumbest thing you can do.
0: uh, Just bring the samples of the borgles that you took while you were on Rory. That that might come in handy later. Oh, I didn't take any. What? Oh, yeah, we went on a huge mission, and at no point did we ever describe me taking any kind of bioengineering samples from the Borgles.
1: Oh, we, I, in fact, specifically mentioned where she's like, oh, man, wish I had gotten some Borgle samples out of this.
0: <laughs> I just, I really want that conversation to have happened. Like, wait, why didn't you do that? Isn't that like your whole thing? Like, that's how you get XP and stuff, right? By collecting samples from animals. Didn't you even get, like, some of their poop or or, or guano or whatever? And, and she's just like, nope, we got so scared of the Borgles that we didn't take any samples and we ran away.
1: <laughs> yeah, just didn't even bother taking any samples on the way to finding the big evil mutant. There wasn't a point where we were like, ah, yes, the corpses of things that they have recently fed on or their leavings or anything. No samples, just wandering around being like, ah, this is neat, huh?
0: Now, at this point, I am desperately hoping that they don't immediately get on a ship and head to Dantooine, because we did a whole chapter on Rory where nothing happened at all. Yeah. So unless they're going back there, maybe they go through Restus on their way out or something. What was that? Just a giant waste of time because the book wasn't quite long enough?
1: Well, it was a full chapter devoted to... Uh, developing the relationship between Dusk and Tendow so that when they murdered him next chapter, it would mean more. Why, he just saved her life.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. This is a rare example of Ithorian fridging. (laughs)
1: Like I said, this is just a point where it's like, ah, yes, my minority friend has told me to live my life. Now they are dead. (laughs) It is time to live my life. Now, finally, I, a white person, will be able to do things.
0: Go live your life, honey. You need to go have sex with that fish man you've been keeping in your tub. (laughs) Uh, I I mean,
1: (laughs) I like at the end of this, even when uh, Finn is like, look, we don't have time for you to fuck around and go back to your room and do a bunch of shit. You are no longer faced with the choice of being able to do anything. You have to leave. And she's like, oh, I've got a choice it's like yeah you can stay and die or join me
0: yeah i guess if you if you felt like spending the rest of your life homeless on naboo it's not gonna be a it's a very crowded planet i don't know if you noticed the rich people have a lot of space and then everything else is gungans Hmm. so you're gonna want to just like I, i it's funny to me that she doesn't immediately seize this as a opportunity i guess it'll happen in the next chapter for her to be like you know what fuck it i guess i'm joining the rebel alliance now all right
1: she agreed let's go and she placed her fate in his strong hands for now <laughs> she thought to herself i'll trust you for now
0: god <laughs> damn it fuck. for 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 now i'll trust you for now <laughs> for now but because, because your strong for now. <laughs> because of your strong workman like hands
1: ah yes i will put my fate in your strong, muscly arms. You just want to get lost in them.
0: And he's like, don't worry, baby. I've got big, strong hands, and I can hold you back if the nothing comes through here.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, well, they do certainly look like big, strong
0: hands. <laughs> and she's like, you know what's weird? I don't find this especially sad. Maybe <laughs> if a horse died. <laughs> uh all right. <laughs> I know it's a short episode, but the chapters weren't that exciting. Hey, would you like some bonus? Because co- that's everything, right, John? That's pretty I much mean, everything that's, that happens.
1: That's the two chapters, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, hey, would you like some bonus content? Weird story. We already recorded it. Uh, we just, because of schedules and the way things are working right now, we got the bonus content done sooner. But I can tell you, it's a fun one. We discussed a lot of interesting stuff about Star Wars, and you can find that, our, our uh, expanded Expounded Universe, by going to Patreon.com slash System Mastery and supporting us at the $2 level.
1: Yes, indeed. You'll unlock our dive into Wikipedia with some dumb nonsense. And at that level, you also unlock the bonus content for our System Mastery podcast. And if you want to get a a little juicy, you want to squeeze out a little more, at the $5 level, you unlock our TV Mastery bonus content and our monthly afterthought where you can ask us questions, and we just talk about topics of the day, interesting things that we have seen, and it is a fun, intimate, joyful time. The most joyful hour of the week, you might say. In fact, let me tell you about a a little joyful hour I know called the Church of Garfield. Hey, folks.
0: (laughs) Oh, man, Garfield loves to smash spiders. What are the spiders that you'd like to smash, John? (laughs)
1: Why, I'd like like to to smash the spider of sinfulness.
0: Yeah, I've spent my life attempting to smash the spider of indolence. And oh, I can tell you, it's a tricky spider, but through the help of Garfield.
1: I can smash. (laughs) Put Garfield in smash.
0: Garfield for smash. Even if he's just an assist trophy where one of those car Garfields from the 80s sticks to the screen.
1: (laughs) I would be so angry at that
0: if that was the only way that garfield got into smash
1: yeah that should just be his super
0: a photorealistic garfield just sticks to the inside of your tv screen and hangs there for a second before eventually falling off because of heat and bad suction cups (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) that would be great (laughs) yeah definitely put garfield in smash after all he has a number of memorable video games like No Garfield and smash. Uh, Okay, so thank you so much. Don't forget to buy our new book. It's called Dungeon Meister. You can find it on Amazon. Don't check John Taylor's name because apparently it's such a common name that as an author, he's instead linked to a guy who wrote a bunch of books about how to steal cars. (laughs) Uh, So good news on that front. But Dungeon Meister is a great book about interesting drink recipes for nerd parties written by me and John. It's our second book. We couldn't be more excited unless we were writing our first book, which was much more exciting.
1: Yeah, or Thank a good you so book. Much we would be more <laughs> excited if we were writing a good book.
0: Yeah, we say roading a lot throughout the book. Don't that's the quality of book you can come to expect. Yeah. Also well aware. I'm
1: roading on a horse.
0: <laughs> that's also wrong. I Every roading is <laughs> uh yeah it's a book with strong church of garfield overtones sprinkled <laughs> throughout thank you so much for listening everybody i've been Elan Sleeze baguiano
1: and i hate mondays